welcome. Thanks everyone for joining us. My name is Banks. I'm with my buddy Davis, who's up in uh, Washington, D.C. How you doing, Davis? Doing great. Doing great, Banks. How are, how are things in, uh, in North Carolina? They're great, man. We're just uh, getting through this one day at a time, and this is kind of a, a way for all of us to get through it in our own way. So I'm excited to uh, get on the pod with you. We want to officially announce that this is called the Home and Home Podcast. This is the first episode officially for Davis and I to record, and hopefully you guys uh, get a chance to listen to this, share with your friends. Uh, we have a special guest tonight, uh, a guy that some of you may know, Dr. David Steele. Talk a little bit of Saints coming out of the weekend with the NFL draft and some other topics that come up along those lines. Uh, so a lot to dive into, of course, not only the Saints, but the entire NFL draft happened. We had a semblance of almost normalcy in sports this weekend, which we're excited to talk through not only that, but um, there was a certain documentary that continued on in episode three and four. Uh, last Dance happened again last night and, and dove into uh, some awesome topics with the team. So, uh, yeah, man, what, what do you think about what you saw last night? Uh, I, last Dance is great. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think that might – that's not a hot take. It's been a blast for the past two Sunday nights to sit down and spend two hours in the late 90s and, and honestly, you know, throughout Jordan's career. Um, uh, you know, I, the first couple episodes, as most of you know who are listening, because you probably watch ESPN because, well, A, it's because you probably like sports, but also B, because there's literally nothing else to do except <laughs> watch, watch The Last Dance, um, unless you're watching Netflix, which we'll get to. But, um, I, you know, the first couple episodes are about, about Jordan and Pippen. Um, you know, they, they each had an episode dedicated to them. That kind of seems to be the pattern. Uh, you know, it was Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, and then um, Phil Jackson were the last two this weekend. Then Banks can talk about those. But, I mean, I thought they're awesome. I mean, the music's great. It's fun to see the clothes. It's fun to learn more about Jordan, to relive some of those moments that we kind of remember from being little kids, but, like, weren't really – paying as close of attention as we probably could. I mean, the entire notion of this podcast, excuse me, of this, of this documentary is that it is, they decided before the season started, they were going to run off uh, Bill Jackson and the, the rest of the team probably wasn't coming back either. And, um, you know, like, after what? their fifth That's title insane. in eight, seven years, it's nuts. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I it's been, been fun. Some, there's been some theories about, you know, did Krause make the right move at the right time to break up the team, to get ready for the post Jordan era Bulls, now they're getting older. You don't break up a team like that, given all that they accomplished and, frankly, what they had at least a little bit left, at least one or more seasons. But, again, ego got in the way, and they're certainly diving into more of uh, that kind of dynamic. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts to me. I mean, I just can't imagine – I mean, I know we have the hindsight of understanding Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player ever. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we knew that in the 90s too, but, like, we may not have had the same – may not have had the same gravitas – but I just can't imagine being like, you know what? We have this thing going. We've literally won six titles in eight years. We're just not going to run it back. Like, just give it one more shot. I think Pippen's contract is up. Maybe he leaves. But you still have Michael Jordan. Like, let's sign this guy again. Let's keep Phil Jackson. And let's see who we can get to come back. I think they have, you know, it would have been a really interesting, you know, experiment for them to run. Uh, but, you know, they didn't. So, anyway, what, what do you think about this week, Banks? Uh, this past weekend was awesome. I thought. I just really thought that Rodman was such an interesting topic to dive into of all the players on the team. You know, we're, we're again, going back through this experience um, really now as adults, but when this was happening, being a preteen essentially, when 
all these guys were coming up. It's really, really cool to see um, Rodman's story. I thought, you know, this topic today, I heard Bill Simmons is going out publicly saying, well, he didn't think Dennis Rodman was that interesting. I'm saying, you give me anecdotes about Boston Celtics, uh, Boston Celtics stories from 40 years ago, and that's interesting, yet we can't talk about what I think is one of the uh, most interesting athletes, maybe people of pop culture. And if you want to go to a bigger topic, uh, in the past 30 some odd years, Dennis Rodman transcended so many areas of sports and pop culture, but in specific ways, we learned a lot about his sports acumen last night, his basketball acumen and how he was so um, aware of how to look at things like the ball trajectory and the spin of certain players versus others and how he would go up towards getting rebounds and really how he tapped into uh, his energy that was somewhat unrelentless. You know, he was able to just do certain things that no one else had the stamina to match. Um, was, 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 was Dennis Rodman a basketball genius? It kind of – that, that bizarre scared. scene – where he was like that, where you're, that you mentioned about him talking about the balls bouncing in different directions, right. like that to me was nearly incoherent. But I, I wonder if it was incoherent because I'm not smart enough to understand <laughs> the thing that he was talking about because it made perfect sense to him. We never had a look. We were very blessed in high school, Davis and I, to have some great basketball coaches teach us the game. I don't remember one conversation about ball spin or anything along those lines when it comes to getting rebounds granted they probably weren't talking to me at all about any strategy of basketball because I wasn't going to be playing but I don't remember that type of conversation being had so I just thought that was awesome the fact that you know you, you had the player like he was who was so interesting the fact he like walked out of an arena with a Miller light in his hand got on a Harley with a bunch of other dudes without a helmet and just drove off like that was just some normal Wednesday night uh, the United Center, like that is Dennis Rodman summed up. When he needed a vacation from the from the team for a couple of nights. Hey, look, like the fact that they gave him the rope to go on a vacation for a couple of nights is wild. And he would detox in practice, essentially. I guess a lot of those guys did, but he especially did. He would just come in when he was at work, he worked. I, and relentlessly. I mean, you saw where he was with the bad boys and how he learned really how to play basketball at that kind of level and be that that guy. In a lot of ways, people have branded themselves after Dennis Rodman's type play in the modern era. You can look back at some uh, PJ, you know, some other guys, not PJ Tucker, but some guys who are specifically uh, like Beverly, defensive catalyst for this team. That's his role. Rodman kind of personified. He knew his role. He knew where he fit in with the team and knew where he could need to fill in where uh, possible, but also knew how to step back to and let Jordan Pippen and some other guys step up too. But that was – it showed to me he wasn't selfish at all. He's very much a team player. I want to bring this up. This is insane. The soundtrack, I think, is one of the most underrated parts of this entire documentary. Let me rattle off some of the, the names we got last night in the past four shows. Obviously, without needing to name this too much, the Alan Parsons Project with Sirius, probably the greatest basketball or sports song of all time arguably it's in the echelon if you will i still get i get chills every time i hear that song come on and i immediately think of michael jordan bulls absolutely um wu-tang clan we got some of that last night a few mentions of that um a surprising use of prince's party man i thought it was well done it was nicely placed um i think it was right on the year that they were actually playing if i'm not mistaken the year that what the movie was playing Correct. Yeah, no, it was uh, whatever the um, 
Doug Collins' first year, I think, was the same year that Batman. Yeah, it's 1988. Batman movie yep. came out. Exactly. So we got Mom Tim Burton in all of his wisdom, you know, enlists Prince to do the entire soundtrack, which has to be. That's an entire podcast in and of itself. That Tim Burton was like, you know what? Let's get Prince to do a soundtrack for us for a comic book movie. That's on the next one. We'll get Tim on the show. See what we uh, deep <laughs> yeah. dive into where he was thinking there. We got some Tribe Called Quest naturally makes a lot of sense there and really just runs the gamut after that. Janet Jackson and um, we got some Mace coming up, it looks like, and, and uh, some other ones too. So, yeah, to me, soundtrack really stood out last night. Phil Jackson on Acid really, I think, uh, made episode four, I believe. One of the best parts about that was just seeing his face on Acid. It, it makes a lot of sense. You kind of hear about stories about him in that era and players of that era, but to see the Zen master himself kind of the younger days prior to the bulls, that, that kind of, that was to me a very fine part of the entire experience. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that the contrast, I mean, I immediately think of his, of a contemporary of his, or maybe, maybe a contemporary of his with Bill Walton. They probably yeah. overlapped mm-hmm. his tail end probably overlapped at the beginning of Bill Walton, but what decisions Bill Walton had to make um, to turn Bill Walton into Bill Walton and uh, and Phil Jackson into Phil Jackson. I mean, they're, uh, you know, I feel like there's like one or two decisions away from Phil Jackson being incoherently rambling on Pac-12 after dark basketball games. <laughs> one has 12 championships. The other uh, attends Dead and Company shows. And I think, Pac-12 well, to be fair, Walton has a couple titles himself. Uh, to, yeah, that's fair. And in, in 1977 Pacers are – an extremely good basketball team. I think he was MVP that year. Like that's, you know, breaks of the game. Go read it. Great book. That's a fair point. I digress. I digress. I retract my statement. So yeah, I, I thought last night was awesome. Looking forward to next week. We're going to have, of course, during this quarantine period, we're looking for anything to talk about. I think uh, we'll be very excited for the next at least three weeks to talk about every potential part of the, the process. We did not mention the fact that Rodman, uh, was such a party man uh, off the court, and we finally got to see some of the the anecdotes on that, which is pretty legit. Uh, the fact that he dated Madonna when he was with the Pistons had no idea, or maybe excuse me, the Spurs. It wasn't with the Pistons. Um, that was something I didn't know before this. And then, of course, uh, Michael Jordan knocking on his door and Carmen Electra in the room hiding in a closet. Like, uh, can't say I knew that as an eleven year old. I think I saw Peter Burns tweet last night that Carbon Electra still has a plus fastball, and I, 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 couldn't re- I couldn't like that tweet enough. It's a fair take. He, fair take. He is dead on. Yep, yep. Uh, a lot of people have not aged as well. Uh, some people did, like B.J. Armstrong. My gosh, he looks 11. He might be 55 for all I know, but he is somehow doesn't have any bags under his eyes. Horace Grant probably looks better than he, he did then in some cases, but uh, yeah. Some guys have also seen better days. Uh, let's move on to the draft. I mean, that was actually a normal, somewhat normal experience. Kudos to ESPN and everybody running that production. Uh, that was not like a Zoom call with 20 of your colleagues from all over the country having glitches here and there. It literally ran, for the most part, without any sort of issue, uh, even despite the fact that the MC was Roger Goodell, it even went somewhat normally. Um, Davis, what do you think about the weekend just from that perspective? Um, it was very strange being in Roger Goodell's home. Uh, I, Are we sure that's his home? I know, but he said it was his basement. I mean, I'm just going to take him his word for it. It may have been some he's studio, really like a, NFL a films or something. Yeah, yeah I mean, $40 million, dollars, man. He's, a, he's an honest guy. 
Um, I, uh, you know, I, I thought it was great. I thought that ESPN did a good job, uh, a really good job. I think that all the teams did a good job, that no glitches. I mean, it's crazy to me that the Minnesota Vikings in 2000-whatever, three, I think, couldn't pick a pick in time. Remember that? When they, they didn't draft <laughs> or didn't turn in their pick fast enough, but last night, you know, no one had that problem. I think that's really like a testament to how shittily run an organization the Vikings were back then. But um, I thought I thought everything went off great. I mean, I, I you know, a lot was made on Twitter.com of ESPN, uh, you know, announcing a player's name and then telling you the worst thing that happened to that person, you know, like every single yeah, player. We, we drafted. don't need Tom Rinaldi and everything ESPN. We, we just no, need I mean, him in certain windows of time. Give me, give me one Tom Rinaldi a week. That's really all my heart can take. But um, I uh, that that got a little old. But other than that, I mean, I thought it was it was fun to just have another communal experience. You know, between that and the last dance, we haven't had a lot of those. I know that I think uh, someone got in trouble for not mentioning the WNBA draft. But uh, full disclosure, I did not watch the WNBA draft, so it was not a communal experience for me. You are missing out. What I'm sure it was great. I mean, whatever her name is from Oregon seemed to be pretty good. She kicked Mississippi State's ass a couple years ago in hoops. Single-handed player from Oregon. That's all I got to. I just know Sabrina, she's on something. Sabrina Bleacher Report post. I should Sabrina. I should look that up. I'm sorry, Sabrina. You're apparently a very good basketball player. I'm not trying you to take away. Definitely from beat me in, in basketball too. So completely cool with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It was it was awesome. Um, I dare say, why are we gonna go back to the former version after this? I liked having the not only the fact that we can zoom inside someone's living room, some of these families have some very large living spaces despite the fact that you know some of their kids maybe only playing college and, and they live in obscure parts of the country that was pretty interesting love the uh interactions with the girlfriends and the mamas in some cases really you can't get that on a stage in new york city or los angeles or, or i don't really know why the teams need to be there i mean i, I the players i kind of get like it's an experience for them to like walk across stage shake Goodell's hand or give him a hug or whatever. But like do the teams really need to be there. Man, in most cases they're really, they're not anyway, you know, like they're all remote. They're just like feeding information into someone sitting in the, at a desk in the middle of the room. Like I, we need to, I have an issue though. We need to bring back the helmet phones, the landline phones that are helmets. Mm. We need that back. That's what the NFL is all about. And if we can't have that as part of our experience, then, I think we need to reevaluate the entire production. As a Did you have a favorite player drafted? You know, I honestly did not. I, I'm, as many know who listen to this, an Ole Miss grad, didn't have any players drafted this year. It was kind of a tough look for uh, not the SEC. It was actually just us because, you know, everybody else in the SEC, including Dandy in Arkansas, got a player drafted, but, uh, you know, Dayton, a division three team got a, a draft pick. Unfortunately, my alma mater did not. No, no, no. Dayton so, is, Dayton is not a division three team. Dayton got a draft pick, a division and also a division three team got a draft pick. Yes. Uh, let's clarify that. And also yeah. reinforces how ridiculous. <laughs> do not, we do not want to shit on the flyers tonight. unnecessarily. <laughs> of course not. We love their playing game. Big fans of Ohio, uh, would never want to be besmirch the, the great name that is Dayton. Uh, and uh, hometown. Uh, present hometown or current hometown of Dave Chappelle. Yes, which was uh, showcased a little bit on a, a previous, uh, I think, what, like documentary that came on Netflix, which we'll add the on. Netflix, uh, the Netflix, his, his comedy special, Sticks and Stones. Fantastic. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, yeah, so your, your question's valid. Frankly, I just 
didn't have anybody that really stood out for me that I, I was excited to see them go to a certain team. But I will say, like, some of those players from LSU, they're going to be studs. Like, every one of those guys, getting to see them last year play, where they're going, it's, it's not going to be like, well, there were some good athletes that played at LSU that went to the NFL. Why weren't they this productive in college? No, they were productive in college, and they're going to be even more productive, I think, where they're going. So that should be interesting. You know, as an SEC sports fan, uh, you know, often we're sick of Alabama and it's not really fun, but like LSU was so much fun this year. I mean, just the way they beat people. I mean, they just, and it was like reminiscent of like Spur, 90s Spurrier just running up scores, whether they meant to or not. I mean, of course they meant to, but like it was just a blast. They were likable. They were like so much fun. They were so good. And obviously they were good, but like they were so good at what they were doing. I was rooting for all those guys. I thought, you know, I feel bad for Joe Burrow that he has to go to the Bengals. Um, I really can't pick in a situation that would I think would be worse than the Bengals. I mean, I think that the Browns even have upside. Um, I was about to say, there's another team in Ohio right down the street that might. Yeah, but I mean, they at least have weapons. Like they have like a semi-competent GM who can at least like get players who on paper are supposed to be good. The Browns, I, I think if, until – I'm not sure. I know a few years ago they did not have a practice facility and all they had were like outdoor fields under an interstate overpass. Cincinnati Bearcat football might have a better facility. Like it's, it's stuff like that that like makes me like feel bad for Joe Burrow and just Cincinnati Bengals fans in general. I have a friend, Steve, is a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Sorry, Steve. But um, just not – not thrilled. Maybe we should get Steve to call in and talk about the Bengals and maybe he can give them a better, a better representation than I'm giving them. But they just, it seems like the worst situation on the planet. Yeah, that's, that's going to be tough. I mean, it's not 1988 anymore. They have not been relevant in quite some time. Uh, should be interesting to see that play out. But frankly, that's what, just as a general NFL fan, just enjoy the, the league as a whole. Saints fan uh, is kind of my claim, but every team has some sort of story to it. Even the boring ones, like for most of our adulthood, the Dolphins have not been relevant. Now they've got some good things going. That draft this weekend really reinforced, like, their trajectory is going to be really high. And then you have some other, like, good uh, situations for certain people and certain teams that haven't been relevant for a while. Uh, The Redskins had a great draft. Uh, You can look down the list and some other ones that for about a decade have not been really relevant. The Panthers might, dare I say, become a decent franchise. And maybe the – the South as a whole might be one to reckon with. And the Saints fans, that's not good because we've had a run where we took advantage of it. But, like, the Bucks are kind of decent. Like, when did this all happen? It happened very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, you, you reminded me. Living in D.C., uh, the team that no one cares about, and this is kind of incredible, like transplants in particular, like myself, just don't pay attention to the Redskins. We have to, like, hear about them all the time because we listen to sport. I listen to Sports Talk Radio on my drive to work. But – the Redskins might be the worst situation than, than um, the Bengals. So I, I, I just want to at least give them a contender for also yeah. bad, bad NFL situation. But you're right. The Redskins did have a good draft. It was, it, I, I, I was reading in the newspaper on Sunday because, you know, quarantine, what else do you do? Um, and they were talking a lot about the draft and uh, Chase, you know, Chase Young and apparently Rivera is going to do some good things here. So I'm, you know, I, I still won't, go to their games because they play you know, a million miles away from me, but I'm at least, uh, you know, excited. Maybe some good things in the city of champions. I don't know if you're familiar district of champions 
I might as well just add one, add another one to the list. I just want to go ahead and let everyone know that the Washington Nationals won the World Series in 2019 and are your reigning World Series champions. So I uh, just want to make sure we said that before we get off the air tonight. Yeah, it's actually the the upshot of us not playing, having Major League Baseball this year is that the Nats will be, I, I think, will be back-to-back World Series champs. It's great to see. Maybe we can pull a Tom Mansky. We'll see how this plays out. All right, now we're going to go to our home-and-home home hotline with our special guest tonight, Dr. David Steele. It's Dr. David Steele out in Birmingham. How you doing, David? I'm doing well tonight, guys. How are y'all? We're doing good, man. Just uh, right. kind of recapping uh, what was a, a somewhat normal sports weekend, especially for us who are big NFL fans, having the draft. Um, awesome to see that the draft happen. And then, of course, our Saints kind of got a haul, it sounds like. I, I love what they did. Uh, and to the draft itself, just to have any sports at all was just – fantastic and I think that the ratings would show the same yeah like as far as that goes it crushed any sort of other number that was expected or even compared to previous years so it's expected we got a lot of good insight and uh, it was really fun to see Roger Goodell just really in his element really naturally become uh one of America's favorite people (laughs) he he had like five or six different wardrobe changes and that was I was impressed with that that was a big takeaway for me then also he did a TikTok. That was cool. I mean, the, wow, he's really with the youth. Yeah, the the level of the, the it was a really high risk in the draft for unintentional comedy with just like all these old dudes trying to figure out technology, and none of it happened really. And I, I, so like kudos to like all those coaches and GMs, and kudos to ESPN for being able to pull all those streams together. Yeah, they did fine with the technology, but there were a few raise the roof moments in there that uh, really had me cringing. <laughs> We're not saying they're hip. We just said the good job that your iPad worked. Fair enough. So, David, Saints, let's dive into that particular part of it. They got, they got some needs filled, it looks like, but your overall takeaways from it from top to bottom is kind of a, a varied mix of needs and guys that they got and, and made some moves there at the end that were a little bit interesting. You know, I, I, I've already talked a little bit uh, with Davis about this, but my personal opinion on it fluctuated so much from Thursday night when it all kicked off till Saturday. Um, whenever we initially uh, took a look at the draft board, I think that most of us thought they were going either wide receiver or linebacker. Um, that's what we is, you know, the fans considered the biggest needs, but when you, when you step back and look at what they did with going after Cesar Ruiz, I think that the idea of potentially replacing uh, Warford in the next year or so whenever he goes out of contract far, far uh, eliminates anything that we could have potentially gotten at that position, whether it be a linebacker, whether it be a wide receiver. I was, I, in retrospect, pretty pleased with what we did there. Yeah, I mean, David's text messages to me were a roller coaster of emotions. It was, what the hell is this? What are we doing? Why are we drafting an, a, a second center in a row to on Thursday night to Friday afternoon? I think I texted David. I was like, you know what? I'm feeling better. And he was like, I am too, man. I think, yeah. I think we made some good calls. I'm glad, still, that, I'm glad that you recovered from Thursday. There's still that part of me that's clearly a fan and not having worked as a GM in this arena that thinks we could have traded down and maybe gotten him either later in the first round or possibly top of the second round. But at the end of the day, they saw a guy that they thought was going to help their team. 
they felt like that was the biggest need on the board and they were in a position to get him. And so they went for it and it's hard to fault them. And it's hard to really question it based on how well they've drafted the last few years and especially offensive linemen. You know, I had my questions about Davenport and he started to kind of turn a corner a little bit, but for the most mm-hmm. part, their drafts over the last few years have, uh, have more than validated what they did. Well, what do you think about, uh, I mean, so you, I assume you like the linebacker out of Wisconsin, but what oh, about, what about the, the six or, or five, four or five picks they gave up for uh, the tight end from Dayton, Troutman? I'm not going to lie. Right? I did have a little, uh, yeah, Troutman. I did have a little bit of deja vu of Ricky Williams there. I don't know about you guys um, <laughs> trading the entire draft up there. but Still way too soon. Yeah. I think that at the end of the day, that if you're able to get a first-round talent that late in the third round in a position where, again, you've got a player, a great player in Cook, but who's also turning 32, 33 this year, you've got potentially your replacement for the next five years or so till his next contract, and you've got a year to kind of groom him to be there. If you're getting that kind of quality at the back end of the third round, it's hard to blame him for trading even a few picks away, even though it was pretty much the rest of the draft. So – you know, the verdict's out. There's obviously – there was a lot of risk with that. But, um, again, I'm, I'm going to choose to be optimistic. I think Did that's any reasonable. school in the entire country have a better football men's basketball combo than Dayton of all places this year? <laughs> if you think about it, it's insane. I didn't know they even had a football program before this weekend, so that's amazing. Yeah, but, uh, you're not alone um, in that basketball team, man. Yeah, what could have been? The Expos been? in college basketball. Yeah, it's real yeah, sad. That's right. That's what happened. That's right. Uh, David, we, we had, you know, it's like I said, variety of picks, filled some needs. We've got a guy who blocked for the best quarterback in the country, Shea Patterson, this year, and, and that's pretty cool to see that we'll see that translate right into the NFL. Also kind of made a surprise there at the end with Tommy Stevens. Uh, later rounds, getting some picks, uh, swapped out just to get the access to him at the later round. What do you think about that? I mean, hey, let's let's not joke around with what they were doing there. They clearly saw an opportunity to get the next Taysom Hill. And, you know, especially the way that Taysom plays, you know, all out 100% of the time, strong risk that he could potentially get hurt at some point. To have a backup or someone else that can do a lot of the same things, that's what they're gunning for. Um, you know, I, I'd be surprised if we ever see Tommy Stevens throw a pass. Um, but if we have to run any gimmicky plays, it's there for us. Um, but I think it's interesting because, you know, similar to what they did with Taysom, you've got a seventh round pick, which how often do you see seventh round picks pan out? You've got Marcus Colston, greatest wide receiver in the history of football. Chad Kelly. Yeah. Chad Kelly. Um, so at the end of the day with a seventh round pick, if you're able to do something that kind of at least raises the eyebrows and it makes people think, huh, that's an interesting pick. I I like where we're going with it. Um, I do wonder if we needed to trade back into the seventh round to get it, but clearly they felt like they had to. So, um, I like it. Speaking of seventh round quarterbacks, we'd be remiss in not mentioning uh, Tom Brady, but I, uh, would like to say that, uh, Tom replaced a guy who is being rumored to being uh, the next backup to the backup or some version of a backup to, to Drew Brees in New Orleans. What do you think about Jameis coming over potentially? So I've, I've been trying to stay optimistic uh, pretty much this entire time, but that's the one place where it kind of stops. I don't, I don't see it um, unless we are trying to essentially become a factory that turns 
quarterbacks' careers around, sends them off other places for draft picks, money, whatever it is. Um, but I just don't love it. I, I think that if you're truly calling Taysom Hill a backup that you could see being the replacement for Drew Brees, why muddy those waters at all? Eda W was birthed in the Louisiana Superdome, to be fair. So it only makes sense if he comes right home. I mean, crab legs for days. That won't be an issue finding that. And potentially not having to steal him this time. You might actually find some people might want to give it to him this time around. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of a payoff here potentially for James. If that guy, if that guy can keep his, his interception total under 30, I think people – he'll never have to buy crab legs in New Orleans ever again. That's a good point, you know. I mean, you know, Drew Brees, you know, in his past might have been a little more reckless with the ball, but what was he kind of known for in New Orleans is, you know, protecting the ball, getting the ball down the field. And if you can get him working under a guy like Drew Brees and he gets that interception rate down, no one questions the talent. Like, he's got the arm strength. He can throw the ball. He just makes really bad decisions. And so, and he has LASIK. So now, now he can see. <laughs> Yeah, that. <laughs> and the other thing is he's got an offensive line, right? I mean, you can't put anything past the fact that the Saints have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And so if you protect a guy, he's not getting sacked like he was in Tampa Bay. Maybe he protects the ball better. So clearly they see something in him that they think is worth investing in. Um, so I, I would be more than happy to be wrong about this. I mean, look, if, if the, Teddy, the Teddy Bridgewater experience can show us anything, it's that – and Teddy Bridgewater also was a very talented quarterback who'd had some bad breaks, um, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, but – <laughs> but I, I – That wasn't a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Teddy, if you're listening. I know you're not. Um, but I uh, – if, if Teddy Bridgewater can show us anything, it's that the Saints can do the thing that you described, David, which is turn, you know – maybe less than serviceable quarterbacks or quarterbacks of questionable histories into someone that can be a real contributor. And I think Teddy Bridgewater showed that. And I, and I think a part of big part of that was the offensive line that you mentioned that the saints were able to protect him. He was able to get back there, get some confidence and learn, like relearn how to be a good football player. And maybe Jameis could do that too, you know, and that's what well, I'm hoping for if they sign him. There's a theory that, you know, part of the Warriors dynasty and how it was extended was because they brought in Kevin Durant, added a new wrinkle, and continued that with some other acquisitions along the way. Uh, what's to say maybe Jameis is kind of that wrinkle that they're looking for for the Saints? Everybody seems to be like a good citizen. Everybody likes each other. There hasn't really been that, like, inner squad turmoil. Maybe Jameis could be that kind of controversial figure that gets that going. We'll see. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny you say that because – we like to make fun of him because of the eat the W and he just seems just like a cheesy guy overall. But everything you read about him is he's a really good locker room guy. And, you know, the same was said about Teddy Bridgewater. He's a great teammate. And so if you bring a guy on the roster that's willing to learn, he's willing to back up. I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, Drew doesn't play every game this year. And if you've got a guy that's willing to learn, he's got protection in the pocket. Like I think that shows that, uh, they clearly like him. I do wonder if that means that they don't like Taysom Hill as much as they keep saying they do. Um, but uh, I, I think, I think that, that two-year, seventeen million dollar deal says otherwise. I think they like Taysom. Just yeah. Do they like him as a quarterback though, or as a future quarterback, or do they just like him in the role that he kind of plays now? No, I think that's those are all yeah. good points. I, uh, I'm curious too. Why does Taysom actually like? proceeding with the Saints if he was unhappy wouldn't he have other offers other places 
I think he did have other offers. I think he chose to stay with the Saints. I mean, I, you know, he was a hot commodity. People were interested in him. I mean, the NFL is such a quarterback-driven league. We know that, and there's so few quarterbacks. And that's why I find it, it's just so strange that the Saints would invest so much money in four. You know, it, it feels like the, they are chips for, for later. I also think we'd be remiss, Banks, in um, trying to compare Jameis Winston and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is one of the top – 10 offensive players in NBA history. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think Jameis Winston owns the record for most touchdowns and interceptions in the same season. 30-30, baby. Sorry. Did Kevin Durant ever beat Auburn? I didn't think so. To win a national championship? I don't remember that happening in Texas. So I'm going to have to go, maybe go ahead and say we're, we're both right in our own <laughs> Jameis Winston's think, uh, Florida State beat the fourth best SEC team that year. To win the I want to say Jameis Winston is the Monte Ellis of football. Is that fair to say? Is, is that, that a, you know what? Actually, that's not bad. I kind of like Monte Ellis as a good comp for him. Except for the fact good. that Monte Ellis saw the court, and there's a good chance Jameis doesn't see the field this year. <laughs> there were probably as many fights in the stands of Jameis Winston's high school football games as there were for Monte Ellis in a similar fashion at the Mississippi Coliseum. Amen. When you're good, you're good. David, thanks for coming. This was a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have you back. I would love it. We'll see, thanks, we'll see, how, the, we'll see how the viewers and the listeners feel about it before we hey. give another call. Hey, I would love the opportunity. Thank you, Dr. Steele. Appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, so so uh, speaking of quarantine life, Banks, and me reading newspapers, yeah. uh, what if, I, I felt like we ought to talk a little bit about uh, – how you're passing the time uh, over the weekends and you're not giving it to NFL drafts or um, others. I mean, have you been watching anything on streaming device, like streaming services, Netflix, Disney plus, uh, yeah, Hulu. It's, what, what's your, what's your, what's your streaming service of choice and what are you watching? So not, I do have a roommate, my girlfriend. So we're, we're kind of sharing said uh, device and, what we're watching. I've learned a lot about the real housewives of Beverly Hills. My gosh, Lisa Vanderpump is a legend. And, uh, you know, seeing Denise Richards on there too, just really, uh, piques my interest personally and uh, kind of reinforces we're, we're really uh, doing uh, late nineties attractive actresses bingo tonight between Carmen Electra and, uh, not Denise Richards, but yeah, man, we've got that on, but we really ran through a lot of Netflix, uh, specifically, Ozark, one of those shows oh. you kind of have to watch. So good, season three. You kind of have to watch it, huh? It's like a requirement. If you have the streaming device and you have – Oh, like it's homework, have- not like you have to watch it to understand it. Like, It's freaking awesome. It really is. Like you're kind of sitting there at times like, okay, where is this going? But, you know, I think Ruth on Ozark might be the most underrated, like, actress of our time. She really should win some sort of award for her. That's the blonde, the blonde trailer Correct. trash girl, right? Who also, um, funny anecdote, is also in Waco. So she really has a certain type of role nailed down pat. Just like that kind of lost aimlessly living in rural, rural America, kind of that kind of vibe. She's really nailed that pat. Nice. I, uh, we've started you? Waco. Uh, we're a couple episodes in. It's, it's, uh, I like it. Uh, it's weird seeing our boy Riggins, uh, from Friday Night Lights, Taylor Kitsch. I think he's basically doing the same accent that he did in Friday Night Lights. Does he only accept roles that 
Prasadin I-35, is that like his requirement going in? Or how's I don't know. I watched, I watched a pretty bad season of True Detective with him in it, so I thought it was in L.A. Um, I'd like to forget that happened. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I just ruined that for you. But, uh, no, I, we watched that. That was pretty good. We also just, uh, we also just watched Outer Banks. And Ooh. if you haven't, buckle up, because Outer Banks okay. is going to – rock your world it is i you know i tried to figure out a way it's, it's like friday night lights it's just without it's just like it's a teen drama it's like it's the oc mm-hmm. right but it's in the outer banks but there's also like some mystery in it and it's got action it's got you know there's a shipwreck it's uh like searching for gold i mean it's it is it is wild everyone is like it's extremely handsome dudes or extremely beautiful chicks running around half naked around the outer banks you know and calamity ensues. It's it's a lot of fun. I it about halfway through it, it, it takes a weird nosedive and gets real strange and off the wall. And you're like cussing at yourself for how dumb they are. But I mean, we did that with the OC. Remember, like it it, it happens all the time. Banks now are big OC fans. So I mean, this is uh the music is the music is is fantastic. It's visually stunning, not just because the people are good looking, but because it's just a, like it just looks good. It's uh, it's great. If you haven't done it, dive in. I'm literally going to make this comparison right now. I've not been excited about programs, and and this is dating back my entire life. Like, the last dance is this has got me this excited. But the only time I've been this level of excited is the OC seasons one and two. Well, and the literally, thing about the, the OC seasons is so great. The season one and two of the OC, they came out every week. And I actually think they're right now, these, these streaming devices or streaming services, I know that, they, that, that they're just doing this all at once and that makes sense. But, like, th- there's some opportunity here for some weekly buildup. I-, I wish I had more episodes of Outer Banks to watch. And I wish that I could, we could share them with each other and talk about them. I don't want to give anything away. But it's uh, – it's a great show. It's, it was a lot of fun. It, it may not be good at all. I recognize that it may just be that the coronavirus has, has made me, you know, <laughs> accept anything, but I've had a great time watching, or I had a great time watching. Virus goggles. You're just yeah, watching, it's like coronavirus goggles. Like All American is now like the greatest sports show of our time. You know, it wouldn't even been on anyone's radar if we were not in the pandemic and running out of things to watch. Well, it wasn't on anyone's radar when we weren't in the pandemic. So that might answer that question for you. Yeah. There's only so much before you can just start Googling stuff on YouTube and, and trying to find things like that. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, stay tuned with us. We're going to be doing this each week. Um, try to do this as regular as possible. Have some other guests like we did today with David. So thanks again to David for stopping by. Dr. David Steele in Birmingham, Alabama. We got three different areas of the country represented here. Hopefully, uh, you know, a lot of you guys can tune in, give us some feedback. And uh, we look forward to kind of growing this thing organically. So uh, hit us up if you want anything and look forward to uh, staying in touch and pumping more of these out.